I'd like to take a moment here, if you don't mind, Chris. It's your show, Rich. I appreciate you saying yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. This is the Rich Eisen Show, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you make of a 17-game schedule? I thought go woke, go broke was the saying. I thought that, like, <laughs> I thought we weren't going to make any more money as a league uh, because players were speaking out. Earlier on the show, sports media personality, John Boy. Golf swing coach, Chris Cuomo. Coming up, star of Universal Pictures film, Nobody, Bob Odenkirk. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show. We are on the air. It's opening day. We've already seen a, a couple of home runs of note. The first home run of the season uh, hit by Miguel Cabrera. Um, he does it in a... I, it's not a blizzard, right? It's, it's not a, it's, a blizzard. It's a snow shower. <laughs> Flurries, maybe? That doesn't look like a flurry to me. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a snow shower? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'm down with snow And uh, he doesn't see it leave the yard because of the, you know, I, the old Tiger Stadium used to have obstructed seats, yeah, seats. because of the poles. The poles. You know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Remember when the pole used to be in play? Yeah, at Old Tiger yeah. Stadium because oh dead center was like 460 the, yeah, and the man. pole was in play. Yeah, man. I went to the Old Tiger Stadium when that I was, was awesome. a, when I was uh, in freshman year in college. Yeah, man. I'd go to the Old Tiger Stadium. I remember this about the Old Tiger Stadium. Well, anyway, Cabrera couldn't see it. Leave the yard in the old... Is it is it Comerica that they rename it? I can't yeah. tell anymore. But um, He slid into second base just in case it didn't leave. <laughs> it's just like, get up. It's gone. Um, and so here's what I learned at the old Tiger. Cause when, I, when I went to the university of Michigan coming from New York city, uh, I learned a lot. It was amazing. I learned that, you know, I think there's an old New Yorker cartoon about the view of the world from New York <laughs> and it would look over the United States. Right. And then and it would just be what the rest of America, and then there, like there'd be one part of Chicago, and then there'd be one part of like Los Angeles, but the rest of it was just everybody else. You know what I mean? Like it's just New York, it's everybody else, and then it would be Japan, right? Like that's the view of the world from New York. <laughs> and so there's no really other. There might be one spot in Chicago, another stop in Los Angeles. That's it. But I, but I went when I went to. Michigan, I, I learned there was just different ways of life and different ways of people talking. You know, what I would call sneakers, they'd call tennis shoes. What I called soda, they would call pop. What I would call uh, sprinkles, they called jimmies. And my way of saying it, I'd say, what's your problem? And then I was surrounded by a much larger group of people that would look at me saying, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You know, and then I would, after just a first few months of being at Michigan, where if you just set a toe in the street, cars would stop to let you cross <laughs> where you as a pedestrian are allowed to cross. You know, like they would actually acknowledge you as a pedestrian in the street by stopping their car, which was to me like, oh, my God, people do that. <laughs> and then I would go home for Thanksgiving and my friends would have to pull me back by like the, my, my shirt collar to keep me from getting run over. But the one thing that I, I found out that you don't do in Michigan in the Midwest writ large, um, with the exception of the old Chicago Stadium in, in, in Chicago, 
is in New York, and you know, Chris, in Boston, when you sing, when the national anthem is sung before the game, in the last two lines, you start clapping. You're ready for the game. Like you're getting fired up. Let's go. You know, when it's land of the brave and land of the free and home of the brave, I knew I would go Enrico Palazzo right there and blow it. (laughs) But when, you know, the last lines of the national anthem, you're you're cheering over. Mm -hmm. Okay? In Baltimore, you go, oh, for, you know, oh, say, can you see or anything like that? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But at any rate, so um, put it all together, and I was there, you know, on uh, at Tiger Stadium, and they're singing the national anthem, and I'm clapping in the last two lines of the national anthem, and people stared at me like, what the hell are you doing? Really? Yeah. And I'm like, this is what I I do, you know. I'm I'm a fan. This is what this is what's done. I, how I grew up, and they do not do that in the state of Michigan, at least. And I think the Midwest is they stand at attention and quiet throughout the entire national anthem, and then when it's over, you clap. Right, okay. That was really awkward. My first time in Tiger Stadium. The entire stadium just staring darts at you. Yeah, I remember. Yankees were there, and I was there in my Yankee hat. Maybe that's why they're staring uh, at me, Well, too. okay, you buried that one. Wait a second. This was, I, Tommy John was the Yankee starter that day. That's, Tommy John? Yes, sir. Wait, what year was this? 1986, 87. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Right around opening day. Tommy John. Yeah, when I was creating the cake corner. You know, oh, this guy. See, now let's get into this. <laughs> this story. guy, Rich. <laughs> you said before, if the Yankees don't win this year, you're going back to the Mets. I'm done. That's I'm the done. Way- what, what do you mean you're done? done. It's 11, 11, I'm, we, 2009, that's like... And wait, you want to come to the Mets? I can go back to the Mets. I can go back, back to, the Mets. to the Mets. Because I was a Mets fan for a minute. I went Yankees, the Mets. I'm like the fair weather guy, you know? I admit it. But now I've been a Yankee fan since... They started winning, 92. you mean? No, 91. 91 is when they were the worst. That exactly. was when Stump That's when I went Merrill back. was that you went back when they were at their went, worst? Yeah, I went back. I, I just became an because my brother started like in the Mets again. So I was like, I'm done. I walk, I went go to the other team. Yeah, I, 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 this I don't know about this. No, no, no. You can't even say like when, when Roberto Kelly was you know, dominating. I like Don Mattingly. I met him one day at some store back. I was like, that's... Those are he met Don at some store, someplace. I don't remember, man. He signed, <laughs> he's signing things. And Whatever. that got him hooked and on the Yankees. And he was signing he, things. He met him at PC Richards. <laughs> yeah, he might have been. No, crazy So Eddie, if the Yankees don't Eddie. win this year, <laughs> I'm, 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 they're going to win like 95 games, maybe 100. Yeah, Mike, they're going to win a lot. We've been so good and sucked for so long since 2009. They have it's not like, sucked for so long. They've yes. just, they, Mike, they just finished their first decade where they did not win a World Series. I'm sick. That's right? sicking me. Right and so, so I I understand that. So you're saying you want to come to a team who hasn't won the World Series since '86? Exactly. <laughs> but I saw them win in '86. I like them. I think I want. They're going to be better. They're going to spend money. I mean, I know I you like guys clown on me about having order, multiple. Right? I like where he's going. I like that. You like Bobby Bobby Axelrod? I mean, I, yes. I know Billions. you guys clown on me about having multiple teams, but something to be said about t- keeping a team who hasn't won that, in that long. That is that is worse than yours. Yes. I've given you so much crap for having multiple. By, by the way, multiple teams is damn near a dozen. 
okay, across all sorts of sports, right? So, yes, yes, where you've got so many bases covered, there's not enough bases to cover. I only got one baseball team, though, man. That's right. You know they got a Twitter profile where people put their teams? TJ can't fit all of his teams. Yeah, there's not enough characters, actually. Mike, I'll say this on this national broadcast. Yes, Rich. If there's anyone anywhere on this earth, anywhere, In the sound of my voice that knows another person that is a Yankee fan, proclaims to be a diehard Yankee I love the Yankees. Correct. Who says, if they don't win in 2021, I'm going to start rooting for the Mets. Can you tell me, is this man, as I suspect, a unicorn on planet Earth? Chris, I don't know of another person. Would you know of, I don't know, I wouldn't know of another diehard Yankee fan, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, who then... I guess then also on top of it proclaims to have helped found the famed Dwight Gooden K corner in the old Shea Stadium where they used to hang up the letter K, you know, anywhere between. You have to, you'd have to for a good, you'd have for a good start. You'd have to just in case bring twenty five Ks. Oh yeah, it was like we there was probably you'd have, to, you'd have to bring you'd have to bring at least fifteen regular Ks and fifteen backward Ks. You got yeah, the bases oh, covered. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah, got yeah, your bases yeah, yeah. covered. You'd yeah. have to bring all of them. You proclaim that you started. No, 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 no. First of all, I didn't proclaim that I started. I proclaim that I got credited for starting it because the New York Times came up to me and my friend who had seats right where the guys that did it, but they left. So they came and said, Who's working the cake owner today? We, I don't know why these guys left. We got interviewed. So in theory, I have it. Your only time at the K corner was the no, one no, time we, the New no, York Times stopped by. No, we used to buy <laughs> tickets for a lot of games. I would go in all the time. I understand that. But the, the one time you were in the K corner, yes, and the we only, only time you were in the K corner was the, the one time came. the New York Times oh, stopped by to do a story on it. Was opening day, and you were the Stunads who took their seats because these other. No, we knew the guys. Oh, you knew. Actually, I went to spring break with them after. Yeah, we knew the guys. Spring break with the K corner guys. I mean, these guys were. That sounds like a hell of a spring I can't think of the guy's name. It was probably Vinny. I don't know. I mean, who knows? <laughs> like they were goombas with us, and this guy is now going to go back to the Mets if the 2021 Yankees no, don't I'm win at all. I'm going to deny his application. Okay, I'm telling you right now. As, as as the premier Mets fan, I guess on television, I might be the only one. I'm going to have to say your application. Mike, Mike, you know no, no, I'm I'm joking. Mike, you can come to Boston. No, you guys You'll never do that. Yeah, go out, man. You go out, oh my God! We, we cheat, Strike. Okay. Oh gosh! I mean, everybody cheer. Like, so, um, here, here, here's the latest um, item on the old Twitterverse that's uh, that's going a little bit uh, off the charts right now. Um, Derek Henry, as you know, yes. did some remarkable sit-ups. I mean, push-ups. push-ups yeah. Where look, where where he's on that. He's on like a band. A band, right? One of those resistance bands. That he has, you know, stretched across the squat rack. Right. So he's doing push-ups on that, balancing on a yoga ball. Oh, my God. With a, a very heavy chain link. Probably like a 30-pound 30 30 pound cha- yeah, chain the rock, link uh, The Rock works out with these things. Like other, you know, big-time power lifters. I got to try that. That's insane. Insane. So uh, Ryan Tannehill just tweeted this out literally 15 minutes ago. <laughs> there he is doing it, and he is doing the same thing. I mean, the, the, the resistance band does appear to be a little higher, but in comes his wife, Lauren Tannehill, and to add the chain link, it's the chain on a 
<laughs> Very expensive bags. <laughs> she put a Birkin bag and around it. I don't know that's if that's Birkin. It's, 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 it's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, it's, I'm with it's, it's something. That looks. I'll be honest with you. As somebody who's been around, uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna go. And I run the risk of my wife watching this video later because <laughs> Lauren Tannehill yeah. put the bag around Ryan's neck with the logo of the bag facing the wrong way. It's obscured. If I had to go here, I'm I'm gonna go. I don't. I'm gonna go Fendi. I'm going oh, Fendi. Fendi. Oh. I'm going Fendi. Oh. And I'm gonna roll the dice, and I'm gonna go Fendi. But by the way, Tannehill is doing push-ups. He is doing with it with the ball, you know, the balancing ball, and a resistance band. That is a fact. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I may try that today. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Would you please do that, Mike? Please, we for the, would for the love of God, please. Do okay. It. Would you do that? I will try. I could probably do one it and doesn't not matter. die. No, 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 who cares? Die. Who cares? All just, okay. just do it. Mike, Tony and I this do is that. now a what do we call it? It's a challenge. We don't. I, I no am idea. training. Just and then so you, you got to challenge four the, other people. The, the to Derrick Henry challenge. Let's, let's go I am for training it. with Dolph Lundgren's stunt double. Uh, <laughs> so it's he. I got a real trainer this time. Like this guy. By the way, no joke. By the way, I'm sure he's no joke, and I'm sure he's doing the right thing by you. If you had just stopped there, I'm training with fill in the blank, and it's it's 80s movies star, and then uh, fill in the other blank. The other thing is that it's it's, it's 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 a proper what well, it's it's a a um an occupation a movie set occupation. I think I found and that. proper name of 80s stunt double. I would definitely go with Dolph Lundgren's stunt double, or. Steven Seagal's gaffer. <laughs> Wait, we could keep going here. We, 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 could, we could keep uh, going well, here. We could totally keep going. Like Sylvester Stallone's best no, boy. No, Sylvester Stallone's. No, I think that's he's too, too big. He's, he's 70s. Well, he's he's, he's, he's uh, multi generational. We got to go big? 80s okay. here. Just straight up 80s? 80s. This guy that punches, what's his name in the movie? In, uh... Van Damme? Oh, Jean Claude Van Damme's yeah. key grip. <laughs> now we're talking. You know what I mean? I'll be back. Robert Davi's personal assistant. Robert Davi. <laughs> Robert Davi. Goonies, Rich. Please keep Thank going. Thank you, sir. Uh, should I keep going? I got, one more. I, I, I got one more. Here we go. And this could be a good fantasy team name. Get ready. I'm ready. Richard Krenna's craft service. <laughs> but Richard Krenna is another other different. Uh, first blood. You, you, his first blank as was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's the name of the guy that played uh, the leader of Cobra Kai? Oh, oh yeah. What's that guy? Martin name? Cole. Yeah, Martin Cole. Okay, hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah Martin Cole. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we could, now, that would be Martin Cove's best boy. Yeah, that would that be Martin, Martin Cove's best Martin boy. Best <laughs> Where also, are we going? Also first boy. I mean, That's who you're training with, Martin Cove's best boy. I will try one of these today. Dolph Lundgren stunt double. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm working and out trainer. with... I'm working out with Charles Bronson's dialect coach there later go. on. Okay, just so, right. just so right. Hey, yourself. Rich, by the way, I kind of did a quick Google search. Yeah. I think you might be right about uh, this about Fendi, Fendi bag. I, I'm fi- Dude, I saw, are you I, serious? Don't met, don't make this one of your April Fool's no, jokes. I no, look, Strip, I, I Googled Fendi bag with chain, and a black one came up on the website, yes. and I'm looking at it, and I think you might I be right. It. Let's see. I think I this think might be a Fendi bag. 
Bottega Veneta. Thank you. Thank I you, have, uh, yeah. Trust me, I've, I've, been, I've been around these blocks, it, that, sir. Close. We <laughs> All right, so we just had a call from a listener say uh, on the Tannehill video, yes. a discrepancy. Uh-oh. Eric Henry, while doing it, is on his tiptoes. Ryan Tannehill is kind on, of on, on the tops of his. On no, the tops he's kind of, of his sh- on like feet. his shins. Yeah, yeah, oh, but still, though, man, he's not on his shins. So nah, not, he's not on his shins. Come on, let's give Ryan a little bit of credit here. Let's see it. Come on. Is it really a caller? Is like nitpicking here? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Hey, make sure you." Uh, Hold put on a minute. This okay, out. so here's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Henry through it here. Derrick Henry, tiptoes. A shirt off too. And those are tiptoes. Those are tiptoes. Okay. Now, that's Derrick Henry. Don's loading up Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Ryan's not on his tiptoes, but he's not he, on his shins either. I think he's on okay. the tops of his yeah, feet. Yeah, I mean, okay. you can't talk him for this. Feet. Right, okay, like okay, he's, okay. yeah. Oh, uh, no, 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 his feet. no. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, what he's doing is still very he's still on his foot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to take no. away that that's difficult. Right, and then, you know, there comes the 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 bag that, that's a Bottega. Might be named Fendi. You I think that's that's a Bottega no, bag? Bottega. I'm looking right at it. Right, it yeah. even has the chain down the other side. Uh, Look that up. He's not okay. on his tiptoes. That's all they're, they're close. pointing out. Not on his tiptoes. Still, though. I mean, I mean, can we give the guy a I know, I'm not. Yeah, credit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I'm going to try I it. Can, I may kill myself. Give the guy a little bit of credit. Like, Mike, please, please, for the love of God, try this and make sure it's videotaped. Yes. With Tony, I'll do Yes. Videotape. Video recording. Would you please do that? Well, if I do one, I could just Mike. Mike, I want you to one. film the whole thing. Like, I don't even think you'd be able to get up onto the ball. You may be right. I'm not going to say I can. <laughs> like, all right, that's Rich, right. That's a lot of articulation for my body. Rich, speaking yes. of which, Mike actually might be right about this Bottega bag. Now yeah, that I've seen it in job. the same well color, Good I, I, well think, sleuth. I think Del Tufo's right. Do me a favor. Try and, Yeah. Try and, that. Try that. Hold on a second. Let me come up with something here. <laughs> Try that later on with George Dep- George Papard's uh, uh, first uh, assistant. <laughs> I love it when the plan comes together. I love it when the plan comes together. By the way, great job uh, making sure my batteries don't go out in the middle of the segment either, Mike. Oh, well done. Sorry, Rich. When we come back, <laughs> Bob yep, Odenkirk. Donna, do not hear your count to break. Five, Bob Odenkirk four. will be joining us from Better Call Saul next. And no Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial uh, here on the show. Let's take Nathan in Los Angeles. How you been, Nathan? I have been well. How about you, Rich? Thanks for holding on for as long as you did. What's on your mind, sir? I couldn't help but think here on on opening day of baseball. Can you think of a time when the term or the phrase "hope springs eternal" has meant more or been more appropriate? Preach, preach. I mean, it just it just feels right. Not just you're not just you know because you're not just saying the teams feel hope springs eternal for them. It feels like kind of a hope springs eternal for us all. For us all, damn straight, man. I totally agree with you. And um, maybe you're also saying that if you're here in Los Angeles. <laughs> It springs eternal for a full season uh, victory for the for the Dodgers or you're an Angels or actually no uh, I maybe you don't know I'm, I'm from the East I live in L A but okay. I'm from the East so I'm T, I'm T J I'm a Mets fan oh all right oh. we're learning about oh. Nathan in Los Angeles my man Nate okay yeah all right Nate the great by the, by the by the way Mike even Giant and Jet fans who have by comparison no rivalry at all right. There's no Jet fan on earth that would say, I'm quitting and I'm going to go be a Giant fan. Damn straight, There's no Nate. Giant fan that would ever say, I'm quitting and I'm going to go be a Giant I fan. I live through that the greatness of the Yankees, though, Nathan. That's the problem. Like, I'm kind of, like, used to that winning. Mm-hmm. So I, that taste, like, Brockman's going to understand this in Boston. You know, if he goes, like, Do you, know, five, you realize how many times Brockman has won last, exactly. since last time you yeah. won? Yes. Exactly. 13. Oh, we get 13 gosh. parades in the last Nathan, thank years. you for the call, sir. Greatly appreciate that. Nathan in Los Angeles mm-hmm. rightfully calling out it. Mike Del Tufo for his insanity. <laughs> I'm upset. So, um, as you all know, our, our first in-studio guest in the history of the Rich Eisen Show, if you don't already know, but as you all know, we're big Breaking Bad fans. Vince Gilligan came by here. He's our first in-studio guest in the history of this show back in October Ever. of 2014. So we have been Breaking Bad fans forever and thus... Uh, Better Call Saul fans forever. Bob Odenkirk is Saul Goodman in that show, and he Zoomed with us, this show, uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where he was shooting the finals um, episodes of Better Call Saul to talk about his new film that has been critically acclaimed all over the map, Nobody. Here's Bob Odenkirk on the show. And joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show, big fan of this man's work in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. His new film is Nobody, in which he plays somebody who looks like a nobody but is anything but. He is Bob Odenkirk. How are you, Bob? Great, Rich. How are you? I am better for talking to you. So um, let's let's get into a whole bunch of good stuff with you, Bob. Um, let's start 
Let's start with the sports. Let's start with the Chicago Cubs. That is your team, correct? So that is funny. your. I was going to ask you to. It's the last thing I was going to say. Tell me about the Cubs. I mean, I know Schwarber's gone, and there's a lot of trading in and out. And I'm sad to see people leave who I've gotten to know over the last few years. But um, the, here's how it works with me in sports. Okay. My wife hates sports. Oh gosh. She hates them so much mm-hmm. that she told me once. Just so you know, I won't go into a room if you have sports on in that room. Oh, my gosh. Bob. If you have sports on the TV, I won't walk into that room. So has she never been to Wrigley Field then? Has She's that never been, happened? She went. She okay. Went. She had a great time. Because yeah. that'll 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 change that'll change any that'll that'll won't win it, anybody's won't life. that win anybody over? I mean, <laughs> come on. Wrigley is the greatest place in the world i can't wait to get back there and sit there and watch a game and and just take it in it's just the best i used to live about well i lived about six or seven blocks from there right down the street and i worked at cozy's bike shop on uh clark Clark or halstead and uh halstead and i you know used to go to the afternoon games because the best like $7 $7 for bleacher seat. And it was, you know, all these games that started at one and nobody could go to them, you know, and uh, you just wander over there and buy a ticket and watch the game. Do you have a Harry Carey story? Do you ever run into him? Do you ever meet him? Anything like uh, that? When I was uh, a little kid, um, my grandfather grew up, my grandfather grew up four blocks from Comiskey, old Comiskey okay. place. South and uh, so he was a Sox fan when he was young and we went and Harry was still at the Sox. Remember Harry was, yeah. the, he was a, he was a, he was, he was a South side voice before he was synonymous. And with, we sat uh, right underneath his booth and he would drop down the net with the programs and pick up the programs and sign them and then drop them back down. I mean, I never met Harry, but I, from when I was a kid, like nine years old, he was a big part of my world. Um, yeah. to, uh, to have seen him there, because we sat right under the booth on, on uh, one of the games we went to. And then, uh, and then I don't know if my grandfather became a Cubs fan because Harry moved to the Cubs. I, that might make sense. That make so so. Who was I guess your cub growing up? Who was the guy that uh, that oh, you, um, was it? Andre Dawson could have been Ryan Sandberg, one of those guys back in the day. No, I met Ernie Banks. How cool is that? He, you know, Ernie Banks. Baseball. Ernie Banks is one of the greatest human beings of all time. I remember I was dating my my uh, now wife, mm-hmm. and we were we were on a uh, a golf range, Bob. And hitting golf balls in Phoenix, you know, I don't know why. And then Ernie Banks was there and I'd met him at an ESPYs awards. And he came up, he asked us, you know, if we were going to have babies together, if we we're going to get married, we were just dating at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, uh, Ernie, I don't know if we're going to play too like that, but uh, <laughs> he was just telling us about the beauty of family and being, you know, being in love. And he was just a human being. It was just the greatest thing ever, Bob. He really well, one was. night he signed baseballs at the little local bank in Naperville where I grew up. And I don't know who took me there, but I waited in line and got his autograph on a ball. And I also like Fergie Jenkins. I don't know why. But, Fergie. Okay, there you go. Uh, he he just won a ton of baseball games for the Cubs. That's the best. Great. Yeah. It's cool. 
Bob Odenkirk here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's get into your film here, Nobody. Um, and what did you like about it? I'm sure, again, you get a lot of scripts in front of you and you get to pick and choose what you want, what you want to do. No, Rich, what do you got for you? And Rich, the, uh, the movie came from me. It was my idea. Okay. So walk me through it. Then. Um, well, it's, there's a lot of, uh, reasons why I pursued it, but, um, I was here shooting Better Call Saul and it, this show plays around the world and i my brother-in-law, Luke, sent me a screen grab of an ad for the show in China. And I thought, holy crap, they're watching me in China. What kind of movie could I make that could play? Because I knew this show played in Russia and Italy and, uh, well, action movies play around the world. And I started thinking about the character from Better Call Saul, who's like a striving guy who fails and never quits. And he's earnest. It's a kind of you know, he's a very funny character at times, but there's a lot of times when he's on screen and he's utterly earnest and not ironic at all. And it, his heart is on his sleeve. And I thought that's an action character, except that he doesn't fight. But otherwise, that's an action character. So if I'm willing to learn to fight, which I am, uh, it'll take years to get a movie made. And I have years uh, and then I started thinking about a story and a character. You know, I've had two break-ins in my home, uh, very disturbing to my family, left me with a lot of uh, feelings uh, that are expressed in this movie, nobody. Um, a lot of what you see in the first few minutes is from my life, which is so weird because it's a total genre movie and it goes into fantastic realms it's written by Derek Kolstad but the the nugget the initial idea of what drives the character and the sort of intense feelings of frustration and rage are are from my life and and include including that break-in and including when the one have you seen the movie have I seen the movie yet? I have not, sir. Oh. I, have, I got the link last night. And as you know, I've got three small At one children. Point in the first, yeah. Well, don't let them walk in on you watching this movie. <laughs> okay, sounds good. They'll have nightmares. Uh, this is not for kids. Um, and, the, and somebody holds a gun up to me and they want my wedding ring and I won't give it to them. That's actually from an incident in my life as well when I got held up in Chicago and they told me to do something and I said, no. And uh, so this little nugget of the character and where it, it begins is all from me. And then the, where the story goes is all Derek Kolstad. So I, I had this idea and I had this idea that I could, unlike a lot of times when you see the trope of, of the guy who's a nobody and he's gonna fight, you know, and he's gonna surprise you all with his skills it's often played by an action star and you go, well, I know he can kick ass. I've seen him kick ass in 20 films already. I don't for a second believe that he's unsure of himself or this might not turn out the way he wants it to. You know, I thought I could actually bring that to the screen because nobody thinks I could do anything and I doubt it myself. And I would, and also rich when, if you do see the film, I really, I really wanted to put that in my character's eyes, this feeling of, I don't know if I can do what I'm setting out to do. Um, he doubts himself. And so these were things I thought I could bring to this genre. This is a genre movie. If you like action movies, I hope you'll love it. I wanted to make people who love this 
type of film, Happy, um, because I'm a bit of an interloper. Well, you, uh, as I told you when I've met you personally, I'm a, a huge fan of everything that you do, and nobody is in theaters right now, and it's available on premium video on demand uh, on April 16th. And you have been in some remarkably iconic pieces of uh, television, for sure, from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. The Larry Sanders show, Bob, uh, to me, was so far ahead of its time and so remarkable. What was it like to be on the set of that show, Bob? Uh, Well, Gary Shandling, you know, was everything. The spirit of the show, the mind of the show, the work ethic of the show was Gary Shandling. I mean, it was, I think one of the reasons he didn't do too much after that and not much in TV at all um, was because he kind of did, did it, did it exactly the way he wanted and it worked out the way he wanted. And what more is there to prove sort of, but um, you know, it it was a fun set uh, except for Gary. (laughs) (laughs) But but he was just, uh, it it was. uh, Gary was very serious and sweated every line and every choice to a degree that made me feel a little sorry for him. No kidding. Uh, I wished he could have enjoyed his achievement more, but he was trying to achieve it (laughs) as we were doing it. And he was trying to make it perfect. And I'm, there's no such thing as perfect, uh, except sometimes you get lucky with an outcome and everything comes together, but you can't be perfect. You can only be the best that, that you can be every day. And uh, But he was aiming for perfection, and he got pretty damn close. And it's really a special and unique show that is dramatic and funny and deep and shallow. <laughs> it's everything. It is. You're great in it. The cast was remarkable. And every single time that I watch, anytime I watch one, I have to drop the remote to the end. It's just, it is just so much fun to watch. And it's such a piece of, you know, uh, history of television that, you know, you were part of there. And then obviously Saul Goodman comes your way. And now Jimmy McGill about to become Saul Goodman or has just become Saul Goodman. You're in Albuquerque right now shooting the final episodes uh, of this character. Yeah. I know this is fight club type stuff. You can't talk about it, but what can you possibly tell me about this final season of Better Call Saul you're shooting right now? I can tell you that, um, you know, our show has been a slow burn and for some people, extremely slow, but uh, similar to Breaking Bad, but I think to a greater degree that, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould and the writing staff set up all these dominoes, you know, and now they're just, they just are knocking them down. As we go into our final season, big things are happening constantly. And it really is blowing my mind and making me very happy and very excited because uh, I want to give the audience that reward. Um, And also I, I empathize and I like my character, Mm. but I want him to uh, get his ass kicked (laughs) (laughs) and and come out a better person, a different person. I just want him to feel the pressure all the way. 
and and just crack and become something else. And and that's what they're doing. And they're doing it with all the characters, not just Saul, not just Jimmy McGill. And uh, yeah, so get ready, man. It's going to be can't, really something. I cannot wait. So do you know how it ends right now? Or is that? No, I don't. I have only read the first four. Okay. So yeah. when you get like, when you get the script, you must be not yeah, only I get obviously. To, I get must... to read it like a fan and uh, I could read all of them, but they have them, but I just choose to go one at a time as we work on them. And uh, I'd rather, I mean, it's like, I can't wait to see what happens next. And it's always surprising, and it always makes emotional sense. It's crazy what they do. It is It is great. And like I said, you're terrific in it. The second to last episode of last season was as close to a Breaking Bad episode as I think Better Call Saul got, where you were stuck uh, in the desert with Mike yeah. Ehrmantraut and uh, needing to uh, consume your own uh, fluids yeah. uh, to actually survive. Uh, I'm assuming that was Gatorade. What was that? What was that in the in the bottle? It wow. was uh, some. It was. I wish it was Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I know it was not urine. I it was. Have, uh, <laughs> uh, it was. Um, you know, fake urine, like you can get at the grocery store. <laughs> like you get at the White Sox games, not at the Wrigley game. Buy it in bulk, don't you? At Costco, yeah, they have fake urine. Just go to the back aisle. Fantastic. Well, uh, as you matriculate your way through that show and. Um, you know, want to talk about it. I'd love to have you back on the show. And I'm, I'm look forward for everybody to seeing nobody, which is again in theaters right now uh, and available on premium video on demand on April 16th with Bob Odenkirk. Great to see you, Bob. Thank you for the time. You're rich. Thanks. You got it. That's Bob Odenkirk right here on the Rich Eisen show. If you were him, would you want to see the end of breaking uh, the better call? Saul? if, if he's, if they literally have all the scripts currently in an office somewhere where he could go to and just go straight through. You want to wait, right? I don't know. I think that I, I, again. I I don't know. You know. I, I don't know. I, I think I, back your to process ca- of acting. You need to just right. maybe keep it maybe within be in your, the moment, right? I just remember Kit Harrington saying for the final Game of Thrones one. He everyone got sent the script early, but he waited until the table read to actually read it, read it for the first time because he wanted to see everyone's reaction so maybe i don't know maybe Bob's, maybe that's that too maybe bob but didn't they that. send out fake ones too didn't they do that oh yeah they tricked for- yeah because there were some leaked ones right. you know but that i don't look- know if i don't know if i would i think i'd wait i'd wait i think i'd you wait. gotta wait i don't know you don't want to know let's take a break when we come back michael holly will help us take us to his show brother from another on peacock michael holly when we come back here on the rich eisen show Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Got taken to the old Supreme Court woodshed back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Remember that? Yeah, yesterday. I <laughs> oh, yeah, mean, yesterday. But some of the quotes coming out yesterday morning. We're, we got to, you know, Jay's going to be on next Tuesday after the national championship game. So there's lots to talk about with Jay. Yeah. Uh, let's get uh, Michael Holly, of brother from another right here on the Rich Eisen Show as he helps us take us to his show, Top of the Hour on Peacock. How are you, Michael Holly? Rich Eisen, doing great. I missed you last week. I got to admit that. I did, that something was missing from my Thursday. I couldn't figure out what it was. Yep. And then around 240, 245. Yep. Usually with you, it's like 247, 248. No. I'm not complaining. Wow. Jeez. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Holly. I'll be a little bit more, prob- be a bit more, I, more Tom Coughlin for you. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. It all seriousness. Uh, I just did this. I'm not doing this for a shameless plug, but I, it was part of the conversation. I got this book with uh, Bill Cower coming out in June. Oh, so June first. Okay. So, and with Bill Cower, he totally messed up my sense of time because I found in the first co- uh, couple of conversations with him, he's one of those guys who says, "Hey, I'll call you at ten, and then at nine fifty nine fifty nine seconds." Uh, he calls. I mean, he's always he's always timely. So that he just he made me that way. Okay, very so good. If he, if he says two fifteen. If he says four o'clock, I would be watching the clock, and exactly at four o'clock, bam! Right. I start. I start calling at three fifty nine. So and what most you, people aren't like that. So what you're doing, Michael Holly, if I may dissect your 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 last couple of moments of your of your uh, commentary here. Um, is you humble brag that you've got a book coming out in June with Bill Cower, and and and, and, no, no, and and covered up your diva-like behavior, <laughs> bitching about me getting to you ninety seconds too late <laughs> by saying you've got a book coming out with Bill Cower and using Bill as a fig leaf for your diva behavior. Is that really what I'm? Did I just pick up on that, Michael? Well, I mean. If if you wanted to look at it negatively, oh, take a <laughs> well, I'm normally a glass half full sort of guy, Michael. I know? could see if you wanted to look at it cynically, I could see how you would arrive at that conclusion. But I'm not doing that. I love you, Rich. I'm not coming on the Rich Eisen. <laughs> right you know. back at you, Michael Holly. What's on your What's on your docket today? On brother you know what we have today? I'm so excited to talk to our brother, uh, our other brother, mm-hmm. Chris Sims. Ah. His, I, lo- I love his draft rankings. Uh, it's it's they're good talking points. He's very uh, precise with it, very thorough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes against the grain sometimes, not just because that's the popular thing to do, but he really is getting into these film studies. So 
Uh, we've talked quarterbacks with him. We've talked top wide receivers with him. Now he's got his uh, list of, of edge rusher, rushers out. So I just like talking draft with him because I could talk draft all day, and I'm sure uh, you're like that as of well. Course. Even we, though we, like, half the guys, or three-quarters of the guys we haven't seen, but you just fall in love with the guy and say, yeah, yeah, they got to get this guy paid from Michigan, even though you haven't watched well, it. Like, uh, uh, well, you know, I'll tell you this, Michael, having, um, having been uh, the host of an NFL draft now for 17 years, uh, I mean, which is, I think, the equivalent of saying a book's coming out with um, Bill Cowher. Um, having no, no, that's a, no, having, you, that, having been around, me. having been around. Like, by the way, got your little book, but I've done this for seventeen years. What? As, as a matter of fact, <laughs> this being the first day of draft month, uh, Chris, I'm going to say something about that every day that I've yeah, that it's the second day and the third. No, yeah, that that I've done the draft. This right, is my seventeenth year of doing the draft. As you should. But the reason why I I bring that up is not only to uh, not so humble brag, but um, to say that any draft where there's a couple of quarterbacks at the top of the draft is what you're looking for. Like, with all due respect to Eric Fisher, the year that he was drafted first overall, and even Miles Garrett being drafted first overall, that's not what we're looking for when we're covering a draft, when we're promoting a draft, while we're broadcasting a draft. You want quarterbacks. You want quarterbacks because that means a team thinks that their fortunes are being changed right on the spot due to a quarterback. But when you've got maybe three going in a row at the top, and you're talking about the feasibility of four, if not even five going at the top, which I don't think is going to happen. That's the good stuff. And when you having Chris Sims on, um, it, it's it's uh, he, he's the one who said Zach Wilson has a better potential uh, prospect skill set than Trevor Lawrence, and who also uh, has been singing the praises of Mac Jones, who I do believe every single um, talent evaluator that I know of believes the 49ers traded up to get him so and now there seems to be going on right now a little twitter fight uh between two members of the worldwide leader in sports um community uh, i don't know if you're aware of that seek that one out uh about uh dan orlovsky's comments about justin fields and what he's hearing about his work habits and kirk going back right at him for that sort of thing um i think oh, I love chris sims should be a very timely guest for you at the top of the hour michael yeah, he's great. He's great. And I do think, uh, Rich, in your 17th year of coverage. Thank you for saying. Yeah, right. Pretty amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. That's what, you wanted me to say that. You no, want, and you're doing, so good. How about, I'll, I'll, I'll go even deeper. Thank you. Rich, you do an amazing job. Yeah, no, I mean, Michael, <laughs> I really appreciate you saying that. You don't really have to, but the fact that you did, I appreciate you, you prefacing you your that. comments you with that. that. Thank yeah. you. Yes, you do. I, I'm sensing it. I'm sensing. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it's that. A, it's a little, uh, little pat on the back. I appreciate that, Michael. And I mean it, but it's it's actually sincere. It's good. Thank I didn't you. tell you this story. I, I'll tell you this quick story. Real, real. I'm serious. Uh, years ago, yeah. Um, I guess I can tell you the statute of limitations is up. Years ago, mm-hmm. someone from the NFL Network. I'm not going to say any names. So someone from the NFL Network mm-hmm. talked to me about the possibility of working there. I okay. was very, I was flattered to even be considered. They picked somebody else. Actually, they picked ten other people, <laughs> and they never even called me back. But, Damn. Uh, Sorry. They were talking about, I said, hey, just tell me a little bit about the NFL Network. Who is, who is your best host, in your opinion? Just tell me. I said, look, if, I, if, that, if that's an awkward question, don't answer it. And I'm telling you, I swear this is true. It's going to sound like a lie. It's true. The guy said, Rich Eisen. I said, why Eisen? And he just went on and on. His understanding uh, his ability to work yeah. with others, to draw the best out of others, always prepared, 
uh, if things break down, Rich can adjust. He just really raved on and on. I said, wow. Thank you, Michael. I've seen Eisen. I think he's okay. I mean, he's good. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, wow. here's, here's the ultimate, uh, I guess, exclamation point on that sentence, Michael, is if it was long enough ago, I was the only host there, so they had no choice. <laughs> there was no plan. There was no plan B, really, uh, at all. There wasn't a very deep roster, uh, so no, there's the roster, that. The, the roster was, it was not the expansion. Yeah, I had no choice. I had no choice but to go with the flow and try and whatever that person was kind enough to say were my attributes. There were other people there. I had no choice. I had no choice but to do that because there was nobody else, pretty much. So the so. red sweater is Plan B. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ken Bone wow. dropping in here. Wow. Uh, Michael, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, send my best to Michael Smith, and we look forward to tuning in to uh, Brother from Another every single day right after this show on NBC Sports on Peacock. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Michael Holly, everybody. There you go. Darren Horton was there as well. I mean, it was just basically the two of us. But it, he was know. doing the news. Like, that was it. Uh, I mean, it was this. I, I told you that when, <laughs> yeah. we, when we first started, it, it, that's when Google News came into being. And we would Google News NFL before leaving to make sure we didn't <laughs> miss anything. <laughs> that's how we started. Like, literally, baby. literally just a, a, a hair over a dozen staffers. That's it. I mean, I, Rich, we'd be home before the show aired sometime. I remember, like, in the, we'd pre tape sometime. But uh, if he nuts. did ask that in more recent, Recent times, who's your best host? I'm now offended. Right? right? Of course. Okay, let's get that straight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thank you to John Boy, Chris Como, Bob Odenkirk, and Michael Holly. Greg Cosella will give us his two cents on all of the quarterback prospects and more tomorrow. And Ian Eagle will join us as well. We'll have a cherry vanilla beverage already chilled just in his honor. Um, that'll be on Friday's edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Back on NBC Sports on Peacock to take you to Michael Holly's show in a moment, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 